Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 208. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brayton Oski. And I am Austin Morales. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and this You're week, not Travis. <laughs> and this week on The Inner Gamer <laughs> podcast, I played Metro podcast, Exodus. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Brett played Tetris 99. And Brett's being annoying right now. And in the gaming news... Annoying, annoying, annoying. annoying. <laughs> we have some very sad news. Someone very important to us over at Nintendo America has retired and has been replaced by an evil, evil villain. And... Or not. Or not. It's whatever. And then we have upcoming roadmaps for Fallout 76 and Anthem. Big news, not. And for our discussion topic, Google is going to unveil some gaming project at GDC mm-hmm. in March. And we have a lot to talk about it. The future of gaming streaming is already here. So who knows where this is going to have what's going to do for us in the future. But we'll talk about all that right here. Half-Life 3 announced. <laughs> that's false. That's not. Okay. Cue that music, Brett. Welcome to It is February 26, 2019. Welcome to the Intergamer Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to donate to make the show better. And we'll give you some awesome goodies along the way. For as little as $5, you can help support the show so we can keep bringing you the highest quality content each and every week. Also, if you're in Dallas-Fort Worth, we have what may be the biggest event of your lifetime happening tomorrow, February 27th. Talk about hype. Talk about hype. Brain Dead Brewing Company in Deep Ellum. We will be there hosting a Super Smash Brothers tournament. It's going to be huge. There's already like 400 some people on the guest list. And almost 500. Almost 500. And it's uh, it's insane. It's going to be $5 buy-in, 64 player max, uh, 1v1 bracket kind of style. Uh, there will be prizes. There'll be a streaming. We'll be on twitch.tv slash the inner gamer cast. So make sure you like if you're not in the area and just want to watch people play smash, you definitely want to do that. We have a uh, buddy boss. Reggie is going to be on with his friend, Chris Gaff, right? Gaff, I think is what, what it was. Yeah. Um, uh, they're both going to be on commentating for us live on the podcast or on the Twitch stream. <laughs> oh man, taking on over the, the podcast, podcast too. On, okay. the, on the Twitch stream, all the, on YouTube, like in person and writing for them, all the all the things. So uh, it's gonna be fun. We have a lot of awesome, awesome sponsors. We have uh, some gifts given to us from Alamo Draft House, Ampersand Coffee, Friend and Foe Board Game Cafe, Game Over Video Games, and of course Brain Dead Brewing, who is hosting us. So if y'all are in the area, you should come out. We're going to have a first, second, and third place prize. First prize gets like a bunch of shit, like two free movie tickets and It's got to be worthy of like $100 and, or more. Oh, it's like 125 150 at least. Yeah, yeah it's like totally prizes. There. Yeah, yeah. And then you just get to say that you won the first ever inaugural Intergamer Super Smash Brothers tournament. Heck so yeah. it's pretty sweet too. There will be more to come. Don't you worry. Oh, I'm yeah. unable to attend... Definitely watch the Twitch stream, and if you can't do that, well, maybe we'll, we're, we're going to host more, so you can come out to that and go up against the local gamers around here who there are plenty. Oh, yeah, it's going to be hardcore. And bring a GameCube controller because we have some, but you should bring your own because that's your lucky controller. Ooh. So there you go. Uh, but with that said, and if you want to like find out more, go to facebook.com slash the Gamer Podcast. Yes. 
and uh, you can find out all about it. It's all there. So, Austin, let's talk about some video games. Yes. I want to have you go first because you've been playing a lot more of games than I have. Metro Exodus is out. This is the third game in a lineup of Metro games that have been coming out for a long time. And it was one of those games that I feel like has gone under the radar for a while. Like it's very well appreciated for those that played it, but it's not something that's got like, you know, mass appeal, like a game like Far Cry does and stuff like that. But this is the one where they're opening up the world. You're now outside of the bunkers of, of time, of tunnels and things (laughs) and it's up above ground and all that stuff. So how's this game? Well, like someone on our Discord channel said, shout out to Josh, he said that these games just release randomly. I was like, you know what? I think you're right. I don't think anyone saw this coming. And so first off, we'll get this out of the way. The graphics are amazing. Oh, yeah. Even ultra wide 4K with the graphics turned down a little bit just so I can get the 60 FPS, constant 60 FPS. I'm blown away by what this, what engine this is on. Actually, I don't know what engine it's on, but it's amazing. It's your own proprietary engine. It's amazing. This is the engine that that Elder Scrolls and Fallout need to be on. Like this is what I was hoping. No, it would crash too much. I, I well, they'd have to have a new engine, wouldn't they? Um, I don't just I just can't state that enough. How amazing everything looks. There's some things that just look so real. The way the lighting hits everything, and, and only if I could put ray tracing on, this would be just. I, could, I have no words. Anyway, so early on, starting off, it starts off like the other games. You're in the tunnels. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, the flow is not there, you know, as we are used to nowadays. There's a lot of stopping, watching someone talking, or like watching a, a cutscene, or there's a loading screen, and it freaking annoys the hell out of me. Like, I was kind of thinking I wasted my money on this game when it first started getting going. Really? Because, you know, there have been pretty decent reviews about it and stuff, so I was like, all right. I mean, I like the last two games. They're really fun. And I was really curious where the story's going to take us. But so getting in, getting through, getting out of the tunnels and kind of going to the first open area was so refreshing, so new, and being able to explore, it wasn't that big, but it was big enough for you to, like, get invested in the area, get interested people start giving you like side quests to go find different things and being able to really explore this, you know, fallout esque world, uh, was awesome. Just awesome. Again, with the graphics, everything looks so good. So real. Um, the story missions pretty good. You know, uh, I think it's something that you would kind of feel like would be coming from a, from a game or from a, where the story has been up to this point and where it's going to go. Obviously on a train trying to go across. I won't dive snakes on the train. There are no snakes on the train. I won't dive too much in the story because I don't don't want to spoil anybody, but, but yeah, like I'm so glad this world's starting to open up. And then now I've gotten to my second area that's opening up and it's going to be even bigger. And now I have a car, so I can only imagine how big cars in there. Yeah, I I get, I'm getting a car. I can only imagine how much bigger this this each like section I go to is going to open up. Um, the combat's fun. I mean, it's traditional combat like you expect from the past games. Uh, dealing with humans is super easy. Like, you know, uh, okay, so they say it, it, there's a day and night cycle, right? And so you can sleep in order to change the day and night cycle. And at night, it's easier to 
to take on human enemies, but there's more monsters out there. So you have to be, you know, careful. And then during the day it's, there's less monsters out in the world, but you know, the humans can see you easier and attack you. Uh, regardless, I find that hunting humans is pretty, pretty easy. Like I have a, like a, I guess a mini, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a mini AK, but I put like a a barrel on it. So I guess that makes it an AK and I have a a scope on it. So I can kind of sit back and just pop a bunch of dudes in the head and like they're done. So it's like literally no problem because they have guns that are for like medium to close range and they miss most of the time. Uh, but the monsters are freaking rough, dude. It is so hard. It's like, cause you go up and like, there's, I don't know what the actual creatures are called, but they have the rat creatures and they usually travel in packs. So like if one attacks you, you want to kill it really quick, but they take a lot, they soak up a lot of damage. So like you, ha- you don't have a lot of bullets. Luckily now, like you're able to, well, I guess you could before, but you can craft stuff, but you have yeah. to like craft it before you come out in the world. Well, no, I guess you can craft now with your new backpack. They have a backpack you carry with you, and you could take it off and switch out uh, modifications on your guns. I heard wep- or ammunition was a bit more plentiful in this one than it was in previous ones. I heard like the first one was just like you were scraping by barely to find enough ammo to keep going, but now that it's above ground and like society's a bit more established, it's easier to get ammunition and stuff like that. Yeah. So the cool thing about it is that you can actually like when you go and kill humans, you can always loot bodies and then loot the weapons from those humans. And that gives you, uh, parts and like ingredients to use to make, uh, more health. Uh, I guess they're adrenaline shots and, uh, ammo for your gun. So it's just so much easier to like throw your backpack down, make some stuff and then keep going. So I do that a lot, and yeah, at the beginning of the game, it was there wasn't a lot of uh, you know ammo, and I forgot that's how it was before, and now being able to do that, like you can take on a lot of beasts. Like I, I did this one side mission where I found this girl, and she wanted her teddy bear back, so I went to go get it, and I went up top of this like I guess it was like a it's not a gas station, but they have a bunch of cylinders right with like um metal stairs going up and stuff like that. You know, very rickety falling apart, rusting and stuff like that. So I get to the top and there's a giant like Dracula bat just sleeping in this, it's lair with the, with the, uh, teddy bear right there. And I'm like, okay, here we go. (laughs) I go up to it. I, there's like a, you know, a little cut scene. So I like grab the bear. As I do that, the bat wakes up and this thing's like eight feet, nine feet tall. So I'm just shooting it in its head. For some reason it's jumping around its lair and doesn't like, you know, take off to like, do flying attacks at me and I killed it pretty easily. I was surprised, but yeah, like you can see those things in the distance. And then one time I was traveling in the night and, um, I went past this bridge. I didn't notice at first, but when I came back, there was a giant bat just sleeping under this bridge that I was just passing by randomly. <laughs> so I was like, Oh my gosh, I never want to come out at night. Like it's so creepy. But, uh, I think about eight hours in something like that, five to eight, yeah. six to eight, something like that. And, yeah, it's gotten a lot better. What do you think is the most... What sets this game apart from the other games you've played? Uh, it's realism. It doesn't... Well, I think it holds your hand more so this time. Yeah. Uh, but having to manage your supplies on the go is is... It's not new, but for a Fallout-esque world, it just seems more real than Fallout. Gotcha. I'm trying to think like the best way to put this in the words. 
because Fallout, you kind of have to do the same thing, but you have, you, you're pretty plentiful with ammo and stuff like that. Like, I mean, my guess is it's probably a, there's, there's a more better, better game than Fallout. Yeah. I mean, it's not broken. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about, I mean, yeah, we could harken back to Fallout 76. I'm talking more of just like Fallout 4, Fallout 3 type thing. Still just not broken. Yeah. I mean, it's not broken. Yeah. It's are are broken. there cuts, like, are there cutscenes in this game or is it, now is it cutscenes like actual, like, shot changes and stuff no, like that? No, no. Or is just, it like a talking head kind of like yeah. uh, Fallout? Is. Well, it's first person. You just sit there. Okay. Yeah. So like it, it's like you actually looking. So you can move around. You can move your head and stuff like can you that. Move, you can move your body. Uh, sometimes you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, you can. Uh, so the one thing I do not like about this is that the characters are very gamey, like very traditional characters. Oh, like yeah. Characters you would I see about that in the past games, and I'm like, man, like their drives, their personalities. The story is, I mean, I think overall the journey is interesting, but those characters, it's just so hard to get behind and like, they're so cheesy. I'm like, what? Really? Really? So people like, on Game Informer were saying too. It would have been nice for thing. them to actually put in some cutscenes this time. I mean, I understand like they've kind of created their own style with how the, the game is played and, and the way the flow goes, but I think they could have changed it up a little bit. Uh, other than that... I dig it. I actually dig it. And I did get it on the Epic Game Store. I was about to ask that. Yeah. I was, because uh, I forgot about that. But I was like, we need to review this game. I do like the franchise. And I'll take one for the team. So there it is. I give it a dig. So apparently, um, Metro Exodus players are leaving thousands of positive reviews for Metro Exodus on Steam. Because <laughs> even though they pull the game off, the the page still exists. Yeah. So that's awesome. they're uh, they're doing a lot of stuff, and some people were saying uh, they're saying it's like indeed a superb game, far from just another map clearing game. Metro's first game, blah blah, blah good good stuff. They're praising it, but only on Steam. And uh, yeah, it's kind of hilarious. That's kind of funny. Hey, that's a good idea. I might just go praise it on Steam. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you can even leave reviews on Epic Games Store yet. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Well, I'm going to have to, I don't know. I've, I've really want to dive in the Metro series. Cause it seems like something I would really enjoy. This one would be more to your liking. I feel yeah. like, and I purchased 2033 and last light, like the redux versions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to like, just invest into it. Cause I like, I'm just intrigued by the story and these, like this weird, like post-apocalyptic kind of scenario and like the, the tightness of it. And this one sounds really cool where it opens up and like, you're on this train that you're, traveling through these like these areas you don't ever see because it's like in Germany or something, isn't it? Or like, like over in Russia, Russia. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just sounds really cool Could, and different. Like the overall story, like what the people of the first two games believe is a lie. And that's all I'll say. Okay. So it's very interesting to see all this play out again the way the acting unfolds and the characters doesn't really help <laughs> their cause. But I think finding out what the end game is of all this is going to be interesting. Yeah. So awesome. There it is. Cool. Well, we talked about this game a little bit last, last week when we had Justin on the podcast, but I want to talk about it more deeply because I've actually played it and actually understand how to play it now. 
But uh, Tetris 99, the game that they dropped at the Nintendo Direct and was like, hey, we have this game that's free. <laughs> and uh, we have to be a Nintendo Online member. And I've been listening to a lot of people talking about it on podcasts and whatnot. And they're like really hyped about this game. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give it another chance and see how it goes. And I kind of see the appeal now. Like it actually is pretty, I mean, it's, it's Tetris, but with that battle Royale addition to it, it's pretty crazy. Like being able to sit there and like, you're playing this Tetris game and moving the blocks around, trying to get your, your singles, your doubles and your triples. And then your Tetraminos, wherever they call it, when you get like super intense, like combos strung together. Um, but then like you use the joystick to select, ways to attack other players that are currently playing with you. So you have 99 players in the game and you can either choose to focus your attacks. And I think the only time it does an attack is whenever you do combos yourself and then it launches an attack on another player. So you're like, you can attack for uh, KOs to like, you know, kill somebody or you can um, set it to attack attackers. People are attacking you. You can set it to random or you can set it to badges, which I don't really understand what the badges are, but like I usually do people that are attacking me cause I'm like, well, you're attacking me. I'm going to attack you back and just see what happens. But, um, it's, it's pretty wild. I, I haven't gotten very high in ranking. I think the highest I got was 25 out of a hundred. So that was like my max, but usually I average like 50 to 60 cause there's some freaking hardcore players in there that just know I'm some sure. magic. Cause I'll be sitting there playing and then whatever they do to attack me back, like if they get a certain combo, it just adds like a bunch of like cement blocks to my map grid to like take up half the, the, the grid. And I'm like, shit, now I'm going to die. <laughs> so when that happens, like you just, you're just doomed. And, uh, I'm trying to like get back in the flow of learning how to play Tetris and like making sure to hold certain blocks so I can get other blocks in there and, uh, saving up for the right kind of combos and stuff like that. But it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult game. Is like your battle Royale. Oh no, 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 it's, <laughs> it's not. not at all. But it's still, it's a fun game that, cause I can sit there and I mean, I'm not going to be playing this for more than five minutes at a time, like just sitting on the toilet or whatever. Like just that's just the way to do it. Bit, yeah. Yeah. And you can do it that way. And it's really easy. Like matchmaking is pretty solid and it, you know, there's, there's nothing else to it other than just like you jump in a match and then you have levels so you can level up the more you play. And I don't know, there's no like unlocks. I don't think with it, but it's just say like, Oh, I'm level five now. And this person's level 36 that I'm playing against. And that's some bullshit. Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, it's a cool, addition to the Tetris world and it just yeah for a free game like can't complain it's pretty nice I mean it's not Apex Legends but it's pretty nice so. as Justin would, Justin would say free 99 free 99 exactly you gotta get it it is free 99 it's a Tetris free 99 <laughs> but uh, yeah it's pretty cool so good on Nintendo well, for dropping this thing I might have to get it if it's free yeah I mean you have to have your online subscription yeah I got that okay so you're good yeah I'm you good. just gotta download it yeah. yeah easy yeah and then we can play H- against each other and I'll kick your ass yet? huh have you run out of space yet on your switch no not even close I did really I don't know how I did I thought I had a lot more space but apparently well, I don't so, so I like delete a few games, games that I'm not liking or whatever if I'm just like done with uh, it I've been deleting them okay yeah so yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. still in my library on the eShop right, or whatever right. but yeah if I don't haven't played them in three months like it's off my switch right unless it's a multiplayer like co-op game right you know, for yeah that's what parties. i started doing because i was like man how am i full already forgot what i was trying to get oh i got uh ages of australia oh, okay yeah oh, how's that it was it was not as refined as i remember it being yeah 
Like, well, it doesn't look that good on the Switch. I'll tell you yeah. that much. I thought it actually would, but it doesn't. And so I got a little bit into that, and it's okay. Yeah. It was 30 bucks, 15, 30 bucks. Okay. My small review, I don't think it's worth it. Okay. It yeah. looked better when we when we first saw it at South by. Yeah. But it's not that great. Yeah. I remember that game. Wait, you said age, Mages of Australia? Mages Is that of what it was? Yeah. Oh, I said Ages. Mages, Mages of Australia. I'm so, trying to remember what that game I need was. To, I should probably dive into it more. I only put like an hour into it. But right now, it just it doesn't have my coattails. It's so hard. I mean, like, there's so, so many, many games. games. It's it's like when I'm looking through the store, oh, it's got uh, it's got 9 out of 10 on uh, Steam, 67% on Metacritic, and 6 out of 10 on GameSpot. Oh, yeah, this is that, that one where it had that unique... Um, Leveling skill tree thing. Yeah, you can uh, you can create your own spells and manipulate yeah, to do different right. stuff, that's which right. is cool. Like it's really really I cool. Know that came out I mean, I haven't gotten that far into it where switch. I can get, you know, make a bunch of cool spells. But um, I don't know. I'll, I'll play it some more. Play it some more. Yeah. Give anyway, it, give it some time. See what's yeah, up. Give it some time. All right. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the games that we played this week. If you want to play games with us every week, uh, mostly Austin and everybody else that's in our channel, because I don't play games, you can join us in our Discord channel. Check out the link in the show notes. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on our favorite podcast app and tell a friend. Stay tuned for our video game news. We will be right back. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for our video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. We do. And uh, we have special some guests. sad, sad Maybe. news. I'm going to interrupt you. Oh, my gosh. You ruined everything, Austin. <laughs> my dog's here. Yeah. Screw you, Evie. No, I'm just kidding. You're a great dog. You're nice, except for when you destroyed my blinds earlier. That was that was nice. <laughs> but <laughs> destroy that, it. Um, All right, moving on. Anyway, so first story we have. This is kind of a really sad thing, but it's also good for him. But the president of Nintendo of America, Reggie Fees Aim, however you pronounce his last last name, also known as Reggie, has announced his retirement as of last week. He is stepping down on April 15th and uh, he's been with the business for 15 years and has been a huge celebrity since when in E3 2004, he got up on stage and said, my name is Reggie. I'm about kicking ass. I'm about taking names and we're about making games. And uh, to this day, he's been one of those people that, you know, you just you see him on stage and you're like, this is an honest, trustworthy publishing guy. Yeah. Like he's not no freaking like going to like like stab you in the back or take your money or anything. He's just an honest, hardworking dude that loves and believes in the Nintendo brand and made it awesome. So I'm really sad to see him go. But he is being replaced by none other than Doug Bowser. Um oh So Bowser gosh. is taking over Nintendo. Finally happened. He beat Mario and he's taking over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, Doug Bowser ironically is taking over. And uh, Doug Bowser has been in the industry for a while as well. Um, has been working with Nintendo. So it's not like he's new to the game of any kind. And uh, it should, should work out pretty good. But man, yeah, um, it's yeah. sad to see him go. I mean, that's kind of the end of an era, really. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like Reggie's been pretty awesome to, to see out there and. Uh, yeah, I just don't know if this could be the turn of Nintendo of America. You know what I mean? Like, where we go from here? I don't know where we go. We were such a high note, and Reggie was there, and now he's gone, so. 
Yeah. I'm nostalgic, okay? So I'm nostalgic. So yeah, no, I'm I, I think it's I mean, obviously you gotta move on at some point. But he's, he's only been there for ten years. It doesn't seem that long. Fifteen years. Fifteen years. It doesn't seem that long. It's a long time. Twenty years. Okay, yeah. Like, well, that's fifteen years as the president. True. And true. I think before that he was doing some other stuff with them. But I mean, yeah, it's I mean it's that's that was the day whenever they announced the three DS. Like that was way back in the day that that happened. And uh, he was the one that spearheaded the GameCube launch and everything, and like saw GameCube come come to life. And um, he worked on a lot of just a lot of everything. I mean, he's recent, most recently working on bringing together and uh, making it to where Nintendo and um, Microsoft are like buddies, which we might hear some of, of that this year, which is kind of exciting. But I mean, he's been the face, and he's like friendly. He's nice. He's polite. He loves games like he's I mean, you can tell that he is like a gamer himself. Like there's videos of him waiting to go up to E3 and he's sitting there playing his switch before he goes up on stage or whatever like that. That's like the kind of passion that he's got. And uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Hardcore. Um, oh, Reggie, we miss you already. So Nintendo will never be the same. Nintendo will never be the same. Look at this old picture. Wireless compatibility. Woo! I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Typography was terrible. Uh, oh, it's so bad. I like that's how you look at it. I'm I'm impressed with the wireless compatibility. <laughs> uh, no, I'm like, nah. Forget uh, that. Yeah. Um, so in other news, uh Fortnite's still a thing, surprisingly. And uh <laughs> there is a Brad, they're not dead yet, okay. Oh I know, I know. There's a guy or a group of people that put on an event called Fortnite Live in the UK city of Norwich uh, about a week and a half ago. And um, they had ticket sales that would give people access to an understaffed, generic, and poor quality set of attractions, such as a climbing wall and archery practice with Fortnite branding, character likenesses, and everything used all over the event. Um, however, this was never approved by Fortnite or Epic Games. So he put on this event. It was really bad. People hated it. Terrible reception. It's basically Fire Festival 2.0. <laughs> and um, so Epic is going to sue them for misusing their IP, essentially. So Epic Games came out and said, and I quote, the quality of our player experience is incredibly important to us, whether it's inside the game or, in a f or f at official public events like last year's Fortnite Pro-Am. Uh, Epic Games was not in any way associated with the event that took place in Norwich, and we've issued a claim against the organizers in the High Court of London. So, Dang. long waits, not much to do. The free-to-play game itself was there, but you had to pay for the privilege and queue to get in. So it's like, it's a free-to-play game, and I don't know why people were even waiting in line to play. That's stupid. What? But, yeah, it sounds like it was just a major disaster, and... The probably will not be coming back. So if this was a success, I wonder if they would still be getting sued right now. I understand you'd want to actually sue somebody for kind of put you know muddying your name a bit and not giving you a good reputation. Yeah, and you know you're like huge if you're going to other countries and suing people. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand why they want to do it from a business standpoint and like a company standpoint, but. I don't know when video when this happens within video games it just kind of just makes me laugh it's yeah in my head like okay this is happening it happened yeah you but, know what I'm saying Brett 
Well, it is like, so I was curious because I went to a festival <laughs> earlier this year with some fire friends. Festival? Or la- last year. No, it was not. Um, with some friends and it was a Harry Potter festival and it was called like, but they didn't have it labeled Harry Potter, but everything was branded Harry Potter. Mm. So you get there and like they were like talking about there would be a sorting hat and then you would have like this place where you can meet like Hedwig the Owl and then there was going to be like crafting classes, like potions classes and oh, wow. uh, wand fighting and stuff like that. And you get there and it's like very like kidified and they ran out of butter beer really early. So that was dumb and it just wasn't, it was okay. And this is what I kind of see is like somebody's, you know, taking advantage of an existing brand. And I feel like they could have got shut down because they weren't official. They were just like using all the Harry Potter stuff. Um, and then calling it like a fan Harry Potter event. And it was just, it was meh. So me and my friends were there for like half an hour and then left because it just wasn't worthwhile. I'm all like, right. yeah, that's, yeah. A Fortnite Epic Games, particularly like, I mean, they could put on a festival and probably do really well, but as we've seen in the past with festivals like the Fire Festival and then this festival and then that Pokemon Go festival that was the first year that just like those are different bomb. though, D- different circumstances and, and and implementations of how to go about it. They still failed though. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all all, all I mean, fails. How, all I mean, fails everywhere. You would imagine every day that having thousands of people in one location try to catch Pokemon on their cell phones would become an issue. <laughs> well, apparently, the second year it did pretty well, so that's good. Yeah, they so figured it out issues. afterwards. I guess. Yeah, yeah. The second year they're doing a third year this year. I Dang, believe. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's not. It's yeah. It's last year was a huge success. The first year was garbage. But um, yeah, so they're they've got it figured out now. Okay, okay, which is good. But the these guys don't have it figured out because they're yeah. getting sued. So yeah, when you sucks. make something paid that's free to play, that seems like it could be an issue. I would think so. Um, Definitely. Yeah, it's like, hey, just come wait in this line to play a game that you probably already have at your home and or you can, on your yeah. phone. Yeah. It's just weird. Anyway, anyway, so they got sued. Um, Next thing, (laughs) uh, we want to talk about... These I thought were interesting. So we have all these live service games that are coming out right now, right? And um, one of which is uh, Fallout 76. That was uh, last year's uh, biggest disappointment, probably, Mm. for most everybody. Yeah. Uh, They just announced their 2019 roadmap for what they're going to be releasing content-wise coming in the future. Mm. Um, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 announced their roadmap not too long ago for some of their stuff. They're bringing a a hot pursuit, like racing thing to uh, freaking Blackout, which is interesting. So, like, you have race cars like fast cars that race through like the deserts of land as you're playing blackout it's it's really strange but kind of interesting okay i saw that i saw that then you got anthem which announced their three month plans like everybody's doing this thing where they're coming out and saying hey check us out we have this stuff that's coming and get excited about it and i actually am kind of excited about the fallout 76 content even though i don't ever want to play fallout 76 but I do want to mention that they're, it looks like they're trying. So that's, at least they're trying, you know, like kudos to Bethesda for trying. But um, that's all they get from us is kudos. Yeah. So in spring of 2019, they're releasing Wild Appalachia with a new quest, a game mode, features, and more. So brand new story quests and whatnot. Um, you're going to have brewing and distilling. So you'll be able to discover the secrets of the forbidden brew, Nuka Shine. And there'll be a new brewing and distilling systems available at your camp. 
There's going to be a limited time event called the Fashnacht Parade uh, Survival Mode, which is basically where everybody in the game uh, takes full damage rather than having to engage with the other person to take damage. Um, a new camera is being added into there. And then in summer of 2019, they're adding a new thing called nuclear winter and it's a game mode that promises a quote entirely new way to play at 76 completely changing the rules of the wasteland no details but who knows maybe it's gonna be harsher conditions dangerous weather etc etc that's possible and then they're adding vault raids so you can actually enter into other vaults and do high level group or get with high level groups to perform raids um, and the legendary players. So that'll be a new prestige system that'll allow players above level 50 to become legendary, resetting their character with all new, more powerful abilities. And then last but not least, in fall of 2019, Wastelanders. No details about it yet, but it's going to be their most ambitious, biggest update for 76 <laughs> ever. New main quest line, storyline, new factions, new events, new features, and even more surprises. So that is fall of 76 for the year. In contrast... We have Anthem's uh, 90 day post launch plan, and theirs is a bit different. They have uh, some new free play events coming out every month. So, February, March, and April. Uh, in March, they're also going to have a, a new missions and then new rewards and items. And then in April, they're going to have a new mastery system and then um, new missions and a new stronghold. So there's some stuff happening there with Anthem. So there's just a lot of, it's interesting to see now that we have all these live service games, all of this, here's what you can expect. So you don't think your money is wasted on this game. Yeah, Hopefully. I see this, but I see this bubble busting in the near, near future. Like I don't see how you can keep up this much content if you're not getting paid. Obviously, Fallout 76, I don't think a lot of people are buying their loot stuff at this point. Right. <laughs> They're just busting out content. But this makes me, like, the way they have this laid out on this graphic and everything they have here, just in hindsight, like, putting it onto Fallout 4 makes me super excited. But at the same time, like, where is this game at right now? Who's even playing it? There can't be more than a million people playing that game right now, like, concurrently. And it's just, I don't see how this, this just makes me like, I don't know, hopefully somewhere along the road they, they fix Fallout 76 because all this actually looks pretty cool. And it's just sad to see like something so cherished to Bethesda fans get just trampled on. Like, I'm glad they're looking to the future and seeing what they can do. Uh, I assume they're kind of already had all this plan ahead of time. Uh, so I wonder if they're going to end it with Wastelanders. I don't know. I don't know either. Unless maybe it manages to pull people back in the game and then they start playing it again and it's just like the biggest thing ever. You never know. Yeah, it could, it could be, um, I mean, more people. Yeah. I was going to say Sea of Thieves is definitely like kind of made a full 180 and you know, they were falling off the wayside a little bit and now they're people are loving the game and actually playing it. It's like super heavily streamed. Right. Um, which is cool. So, um, but it's just interesting to see all this content that's coming out. And I mean, there, it makes me cautiously optimistic, like that at least there's some future in these games. So, like people that buy these, you know, are going to see, okay, 
here's our next six month roadmap. So right. my money is not fully gone to waste and then I'm going to get stuff coming out. But also at the same time, it's like, what if your friends drop off of that in that amount of time, then you don't really have anything to look forward to because you don't have friends playing and it's like, why should I play right. at that point? So right. it's kind of tough. But um, anyway, next story we have is about Anthem actually. Again, um, EA has a program that is called Game Changers. And ultimately what this program does is it's meant to, um, it's, it's a, it's a way for people that create content to be paid by EA to write reviews ultimately. Um, and there was a guy that goes by the name of GGG man lives and he was sponsored by EA to review Anthem as part of the game changers initiative. So he put up a review, honestly, negatively, about this game. And uh, EA says that it's something that encourages this part of Game Changers and that it wants an audience to be able to trust these paid reviews. Um, So shortly after it came out, the YouTuber was asked to remove EA watermarks, he claims. These watermarks are what show the audience that someone is a member of Game Changers. In a Twitter DM conversation with this guy, he told me, uh, this is an article off of VG247. I basically wasn't allowed to say anything negative about the game. And if I, or about the game, if I also have the watermark in, because the watermark means EA endorses it and shares it through the Game Changers network or something. I really don't know what that all means. I was just told it was to be pulled down. It was basically a breach of contract or something along those lines. So now he's re uploaded it as the same video. Um, but instead it says my re-upload Anthem video, it's still bad. (laughs) So, um, so with this, like they sponsor people to create reviews for their types of games. And, uh, it's interesting that they're starting to pay people out for this stuff, but it's also difficult to get behind it when you find out that they're basically wanting to get you to write a positive review and they don't explicitly state it. Um, they did come back and say that our game changes pro this is EA our game changes program is not designed to pay for review content we don't believe in that in this case the conditions for disclosure for this specific video were not met which is something we adhere very strictly to so we asked for it to be taken down and corrected we've not asked for the content of the video to be changed or blacklisted the creator our full disclosure rules can be read here so they're basically saying that he just didn't do something right in uploading the video which is probably saying something bad. So yeah, right. So to my knowledge, it's EA wants them to do more of like this is what this game is and how you play it. Yeah, and not so much. Less this like, is what I think about, about the, the game. Yeah, yeah. Someone I was listening to related to Apex and how they had a bunch of people who released content like day one. Yeah, or like the next day, and it was really like here's what this game's about and here's what you can do in this yeah. game. That's really like what the content was about. Now, obviously, if they put it in, like, I'm really enjoying this game so far, like, that's a different story, right? Like, please put that in there. But I can see them, especially EA at this point in time, trying to garner some good, uh, you know, uh, some brownie points with its audience and and growing a fan base. Like, I see them not putting it in there. But if you're going to pay people to do that, I mean, I get the stipulations with that because you're paying somebody, right? You want them to provide a service there's some gray area here that I particularly don't like when you're saying that they're paying you to do a review. That just seems weird to me. It's like, why not just do a review 
And then for them, it's like, I, I see how, like, I've heard some people have gotten blacklisted. Like, they won't get games early now from EA because of what they said about EA. <laughs> so it's like, there's this weird area. Like, I don't know where we're at now with, like, game reviews. There's a lot of people who are still out there putting, posting real reviews like, you know, Angry Joe. Like, he's going to yeah. tell you what he thinks regardless. Yeah. You know, he's not getting paid by EA to do it. And so... I don't even know. I mean, I've heard about the game changers, but I didn't realize that they were getting paid to do this. So it's just, it's just really weird. And I don't know. It's just, and they shouldn't be putting, telling people to take reviews down, even if it is negative. Yeah. I mean, there's feedback to be taken there, you know? And maybe it didn't follow some guidelines or something like that, but I mean, he claims that it was fine and they just took it down for this reason. But I, I don't mind that they pay people to like write about something if they want to just get stuff out, especially with like the influencer market, like, you know, IGN and all the big, you know, networks and stuff are just going to be part of that anyway. But if you're like right. an influencer, it is kind of cool that you can be a part of that and write stuff about it. But yeah, they shouldn't be dictating what it said right. or how it said. It I should mean, it looks be, like there's clear terms here that yeah. you can, that will be followed and stuff like that. But, I don't know. I guess it's still a little, there's still a lot of gray here that we haven't fully fleshed out, but from what we've been told, it just kind of seems fishy. That's all I got to say about that. Seems fishy. It does. Um, yeah, well, it is I, I'm going to re- research some more about game changes a little bit just to see what the, uh, the whole deal is behind it. But, um, if this is true, it's kind of scary and, uh, not a good thing. Right. EA has got to fix some stuff. Right. And usually on YouTube, people are like, this is a sponsored video, but I'm going to give you my honest opinion, right? Right. And like, I feel like that's what people, that's what people on YouTube want. And yeah. I think that's what most companies want too. Yeah. It's like, we well, think like you'll like mind, this. Too, it's like, if you're going to pay somebody to review stuff, you should damn well know that your game is already good. Exactly. Like, just make it good and then you want to or you right. put these stipulations in here because they're going to write somebody. about it. I mean, if you have to pay someone to give you a good review, that's already an issue. That's like a big issue. Yeah, but I mean, but, like, you know, if like the game's good, though, and they're going out there paying people to just be like, hey, can you review this because we like your content and what you do and that you have an audience, right. we'll pay you to, like, write about this game. Right. But then make sure you're, you don't have to, like, do this and that your game is good and then problem solved. Right. Like just, just make it good. Just that's, make it good. That's what you got to do. <laughs> but EA can't get that through their head. We're gonna make something, and then we're gonna pay people to make it good. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm anxious I know, to jump uh, into Anthem itself and see see how it plays, how it functions. I mean, there's definitely a lot of mixed vibes out there about it. But right, um, I want to make my own educated opinion on it, and we yeah, shall yeah, see yeah. what I discover. I'm still waiting. I'll let you be the decider of my fate. Okay. Sounds good. This I'll is like going to be scary. Be your fate decider. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. So if y'all want to watch these uh, articles in video format, check out our channel on youtube.com slash gamer and subscribe to get the buttons or the videos the as they launch. La- the lunch, 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 lunch. Buttons Words and, and buttons lunch. and lunch and all that stuff. Are you hungry? Did you, have you had lunch yet? Uh, no, I'm just tired. I'm just <laughs> sleepy. Ready I think we're both tired out. right now. 
Stay tuned for our discussion topic where we talk about more things that are it makes us sleepy and tired. I'm just kidding. We'll as, be back. As false. We'll be excited. So come on back and we'll talk to you later in two seconds. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Welcome back, everybody. Each week, we break down a hot topic in the video game industry, and this week, we're going to talk about Google's upcoming plan to enter the gaming market sphere at GDC coming up in March, which is literally like a week away or two weeks away. Mind blown. Uh, Maybe three weeks away. Google is going to be offering up a new way to play video games. They're entering the game space. And we don't know exactly what it is, but for those of you that may not be aware, um, last year they partnered with publisher Ubisoft to make Assassin's Creed Odyssey playable over the internet through Google Chrome. It was called Project Stream, and everybody that played it actually said it was surprisingly good um, the way that it worked and operated. What matters is that we didn't get to play it, so it's probably shit. Uh, no, you, no, you can't. You can't make those opinions like that, Austin. If we didn't get to play no. it, obviously it's not that good. I mean, no, like you agree yeah. with me, Brett. I mean, yeah, we're pretty much the the. We know word we're is, talking is about. everything. Why didn't they invite us out? I know. Anyway. Well, no, it wasn't invite. It was just like a beta that you could just like log in through your browser and it's just there. Why didn't we get to play the beta? I mean, you could have played the beta. I just didn't do it. I so, I mean, why didn't you play it? Because you didn't tell me to, editor in chief. Where's my assignment? <laughs> Okay, your assignment now is play all the games. Okay. All the games. Well, starting now, I have to quit. The last podcast. 25 years of video games have to be played by next week. You're going to have to phone me in because I'll be playing while we record. Yeah, right. All right, go ahead. All right, so, so Google's got a new project. On March 19th, they're going to have a keynote presentation and uh, they're going to reveal their new endeavor that is going to be surrounding what could possibly be a subscription based game streaming service that could work either on Google's Chromecast or a pot Google-made console. It is codenamed Yeti. And uh, it's they are pursuing servicing this or pairing this service with hardware with an aggressive effort to acquire or attract game developers to their platform. So what we're seeing potentially happening here is not only is Google entering the gaming space, but they possibly are going to enter the hardware space and then build a service around what that all looks like. Um, and it's interesting because Microsoft's doing that exact same thing right now. That's what I'm saying. So There's it's about to be like a Microsoft Google like face off. So like we were talking about like, you know, the streaming service and like what will the future of that look like and like what are they gonna do with it on the Xbox system? Well now we see that there's definitely a need for there's there's a demand out there for it because Google sees it too and they're building a similar software similar system. Um and then PlayStation, of course, already has their PlayStation now, but it's not as recognized. But, like, I could see, I mean, Google's got a lot of, if you have a Gmail account, like, everybody's got a Google account in some capacity. So, like, you automatically, it's kind of like Microsoft, how a lot of people have Windows computers. Like, everybody's got a Gmail account, and most everybody uses probably Google Chrome. So, like, you have an instant install base right there pretty quick. And that's scary and exciting at the same time. Like I'm, I'm interested to see, are they going to have a store or are they going to like basically just offer third party services? 
is it all going to be streaming? Will you be able to download games? Like, I mean, if they can actually like present, hey, we have this new streaming service that's a subscription-based platform that everything runs great and you don't need crazy connection, you know, that could do really, really well. Because, I mean, that is the least amount of stuff you need to purchase to play it. But then if you want to buy hardware, you can get, like, their version of a Switch console. Um, and the Google Pixel phone is, like, awesome. Like, I've played with it and used it, and it's, like, a very, very good phone. So they can make good hardware. So I'm curious to see what they do with this. I don't know. What do you? How do you feel about Google entering this market? So I immediately think of Discord. And how they're trying, obviously, it's the closest thing that I can relate it to in my mind is that they're trying to come into this field, you know, where there's already giants. Epic is an up and coming giant, you know, everyone's trying to have a game store to play games on it. You have GOG, you have Steam, obviously. <clears throat> and I, and I, I think back to like how Apple was trying to do the Apple TV with games on it, and they even upgraded their controller to have more controls in the games and it's like well whatever happened to that that just kind of fell off like yeah. who's who's buying games on discord some people i'm sure there's there's a fan base there you know a, 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 it's a buyer base but like nothing substantial to get it going it's like why do we buy these things right why do we buy this hardware or these products like you know we get at xbox or playstation for games but it comes with other things as well. We can watch TV. We can stream Netflix. You know, we can do all these things. It's its, its own, like, you know, it's a, a good media box, right? You know, why do we buy Nintendo hardware? Because we want to play Nintendo games. Why do we get an Apple TV? So we can stream stuff and connect to our phones <clears throat> on, onto our TV. Like, there's a reason why people are getting it. And I just don't see a reason why people would want to come into this service that Google potentially may make. If they're coming out with games that you can get anywhere else, I feel like it's so ingrained in us to stick with Steam on PC or stick with PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo Switch. Like, why would we want to get this on this? You know, okay, if I, okay, say we can stream 4K games on this. Yeah. For like, let's just put $10 a month, right? You can play three games, okay? Some arbitrary guidelines or whatever. Maybe that's a reason to do it. Buy a 4K monitor, get a get like a low end PC, and you can 4K play monitor. Plug in your Chromecast, done. Yeah, like if they did that, that would be something different. But in my mind, they're just going to have the same games, third party games that you can get anywhere else, and be able to stream it over the internet. Like, okay, cool. I guess it makes it easier, like for people who don't want to spend the money on it. I, I think more of a younger audience who are coming into gaming may see this and be like, okay, we're going to jump on this. And it might take generations, but in my mind, I just feel like it's not there yet unless they're going to make games that you can only play on Chrome that is something that can compete against the market now. PlayStation How crazy would this be? Announcing Google Project Yeti featuring the launch of... Half-Life 3. Oh, they did that. Why didn't they bring it out on Steam? <clears throat> because we didn't. <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Because we yeah. did. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm I, curious to see, you know, on to your point, like, what, like, who's going to use this thing? Like, why do you need it? I agree because it's like, I, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know what this, who this is being made for. 
Um, and obviously we don't know anything about it quite yet, but like, I'm not sure where you can, like what part, where Google's going to be focusing their attention on. Cause they're not going to be focusing their attention on the hardcore gamer because they're going to have to put out badass hardware. And that's already dominated by like, like uh, steam and, um, you know, Xbox and stuff like that. I don't think Google can enter in that space, at least not yet. Now, granted, they did start by making software with the Android, and then slowly over time, they moved into building hardware. So they brought out that Pixel phone. And honestly, if I were to switch from an iPhone to an Android platform, the Pixel is probably the only phone I would buy. I hate the Samsung Galaxies. I think they're garbage. But the Pixel is like a really nice, clean, clear, well-developed phone that's not too expensive. I mean, it's so expensive, but it's like, you know, that nice medium range quality, but like stripped down to just the bare essentials. Um, but like looking back on like what Google did with the Chromebooks, like that was targeting somebody that wanted a cheap system, but it was all tied into the Google ecosystem and so, like, there was things that were, like, common things that you'd want to be using that just weren't there. Like, you don't have Microsoft Word. Like, you don't have, you know, basic processing platforms. You're tied to Google products. So if you're a Google product user, great. If not, it sucks. Kind of like with the Amazon Kindle Fire, that tablet never hit off because they brought that thing out. And it was, like, if you weren't a Kindle Amazon, like, like fanboy where, like, you use everything Prime, like you're not going to get a whole lot of value out of that. So I'm curious to see, like, I mean, everybody's got a Google account that's that exists, but what are the types of gamers that are going to be attracted to this service? And it'll depend on what kind of games are going to be on this platform, how well it performs, and then how easy it is. To, I mean, if it's something where you just like press a button, like within five seconds, you got like a Assassin's Creed Odyssey pulled up, like ready to go. Like that'd be pretty sweet in 4K. Yeah, like I feel like it needs to be 4K, like that easy. You spend what is it for a Chromecast? Like ten, fifteen, twenty-five, like twenty-five, thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. You spend that, you get a 4K monitor without having bypassing the graphic card. That could be anywhere from two hundred fifty to you know eight hundred thousand dollars. Like I don't know if they'll be able to develop a streaming system yet that is that runs 4K. I don't think our internet's at that point to be able to support it yet. Oh, no, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, they need something crazy like that. Yeah. Almost. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it had to be like a poor man's PC, but actually at least be able to play 1080, you know, yeah. 60 FPS. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know. I mean, you want some performance there so you can, like, capture the gamer audience. Like, make it be like, oh, I'm not going to play that because, like, my performance is going to degrade. But if you can get over that hump in some capacity. I mean, obviously like you're not going to have overwatch competitive players playing this thing, but you might have people that just want to play a competitive game casually that might be able to jump into it. But I mean, I'm trying to think what I would like to see them do with this. They need new IP. They need to make new IP for this specifically that attracts gamers to want to play it, to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to have third-party games. You know, does there, does, does there need to be a library? Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I mean, look at Discord. They're trying to do the same thing to to a certain degree, and it's just, I don't think it's working out for them. As it's, it's, working, it's, a different, it's a different ballpark, though. You're talking apples to oranges with that because Discord is 
a small company. Google is like the biggest company in the world that has their hands in like every single industry in existence. Oh, I understand. So like they have the potential to do it, but they've also failed at a lot of problems. I mean, like Google Plus shuts down February 29th. So it's like done. It's not a thing anymore. And they so they tried this. This is the second time that they tried the social network thing and they haven't been able to succeed. So and they have the Chromebooks and that didn't really succeed. But they made the Pixel and that did really well. And they have Google Home, you know, like the their speakers, those do well. So they have a they have they have a team there that does industrial design. Um or product design that's pretty solid now and understands what consumers want. So I think what I think one thing that they could do really well, or two, there's two things that they could they could hit on with this whatever gaming platform they're building is one, um, the beauty of the design of the system, like making it to where it's something that's an all-in-one, like literal all-in-one um, that could sit on your on you know on your home entertainment system and look really really nice like it's i mean that google home home thing looks really good it's a nice looking product and everything like that and if you had that but it was also a smart speaker and you know did all that stuff all in one piece of hardware like that would be pretty sweet so it played games it did a smart speaker it did all that stuff it was your chromecast it was all that stuff in one thing that could be pretty awesome and then for under 400 dollars, that would be another thing that needs to do and then the other thing is Google is really good at building things that are easy to use. Like Gmail's doesn't take a, ro- a rocket scientist to figure out how to use. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how to like use Google Drive or any of those products. So they got the potential to, you know, hit it from both of those angles. But will yeah, will the gaming library how can they hold attract up people? I mean, that's what, I think that's what I'm trying to get at Discord. It's like, yeah, you can do that and you can challenge Steam, but like, how do you attract gamers to your yeah your platform for that? Yeah, and it's like it's so hard to do that right now. And it, in one degree, it kind of sucks because I mean, there's definitely a monopoly going on here, but at the same time, it's like it's come so far and it does a lot of things, and it's you know pretty good right now. And it's like, how can they develop something that really will attract gamers like that? And I don't know, maybe they create something where it is that one thing that we've been talking about where it like brings all your games into one section and somehow it's like if you bought games on Steam, well, now you can just play them on on here, right? So it's like all your games are in one area instead of being all these platforms. Yeah, I don't know how happen. that would work. That. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome, but I don't know if that's Yeah, not that's just happen. not, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of hoping, but yeah, there'd be something cool. I just, I just don't know how how you make that a thing. I don't no. know if we're ready for what they're trying to make. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what they do with this. I mean, they're not going to attract a hardcore gamer, I don't think, but they're going to attract some type of gamer. Um, more casual style, probably. Right. But... I mean, that's how all these major three companies got started. Yeah. Like, they had their own IPs that they were trying to develop. Yeah. Right? And I think you need that if you're going to start something. I don't know if you need hardware now. I mean, you don't need hardware, but... I mean, if you're going to make some hardware for it, you might as well have some some decent IPs that go along with it. But that's a huge undertaking. And yeah, Google has the manpower and the resources to get that started, but do they want to sink that much money into something like this? That's a lot of money. I mean, I don't yeah. know how much they put on like normal projects, but 
that ain't Trump change. Oh, they put a boatload of stuff on it. Yeah. This this would be pennies for them compared to some of the other <laughs> stuff they worked on. I mean, you have to get like, like some companies and like manufacturing Google Glass. Like that shit was crazy. Crazy. Expensive. At least this this is stuff that's like technology that already exists, but they were trying to build something that didn't exist. Mm. And they spent so much money on that project. So they can they have the resources to do it. It's just a matter of if they're making the right move with it. Because like I mean, they've had a lot of failed attempts at stuff, but they've also had a lot of really good attempts and have succeeded and brought stuff to us that, I mean, we don't know email without Gmail. We don't know freaking, you know, file storage without Google Drive. We don't know search without Google. Like, you know, there's so many th- products that they built that are so, we don't know video without YouTube. Like, there's so many products that they own Right, that are incredibly successful, and um, you know they're they're hitting every market, and I mean they were the ones that were able to make an opera. I mean, when you get operating systems on your phone, you have either Android or iOS. Like that's the two options that are there. Right, and Android is like kind of taken over a little bit. So it'll be interesting. They just have so many products that are tied together. I mean, what what is the store they have on on the Android phones? Google Play Store. Google Play Store. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess I mean, a, lot a lot of the same games, games there, come out, on but both most of the platforms. games that come out on the mobile are going to come always to iOS first because the market's lot, way larger, right? Regardless, right? right. So they're not going to be able to, and they have a lot of weird. They just have a lot of weird um, separations in their products. Like I, my my friend has a Pixel, and with that Pixel, you have your Messages app that sends messages but it can't support rich text messages. So you have to use another app that they have called something that allows you to send stickers and like reactions and things like that. And then there's a third app that has something else. So basically what iMessage can do on iPhone, you have to use three different apps for on theirs. Because like with iMessage, you can send to somebody that has another iPhone and send rich text. You can send an SMS you can send all these different types of messages, but it's all in one unified platform. Um, they haven't solved that with Google yet, and I'm really shocked that that's the case. <laughs> Maybe they should solve that before they jump on this bandwagon. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is a whole beast that will eat you alive if you don't if you don't do it right. I don't know. I just don't see them being in a place to really make anything, make any waves. Um, I mean, if they can do this, like what? Xbox is trying to do and make it playable on the phone, like an actual AAA title that you would play on a console or yeah. a PC. Like that would be something interesting. Like I feel like they should start on the phone because it's a natural tie-in to their ecosystem they have, and then grow from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if they can just have it where it does it from the Google browser, the yeah, Chrome exactly. browser, yeah. Like you can do that desktop, mobile, I mean, it's true. no problem. That's true. I mean, it's yeah. all. Right, all in there. Right. I mean, you'd have to be using Google Chrome on your phone, but right, that would be pretty sweet. So, I don't know. We'll find out in March, March nineteenth, when this all comes out. Oh, but man. follow up. Um, I mean, we have that. This is gonna be the year where we have a lot of discussion on streaming, because um, Xbox is supposed to announce their two consoles this year at E three. That's gonna be a big. And then PlayStation pulled out of their thing, so I'm thinking they're gonna announce their console coming up soon. Uh, this year sometimes so we have a lot of like big initiatives and then 
Origin still got a bunch of stuff that they're doing with their uh, streaming ecosystem, and they still have to develop their Origin Premiere Pass to get it on more than just PC. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen that just hasn't happened yet. So I think we're going to see a lot of headway with that stuff this year. Interesting. Yeah. By the end of the year, I think people are going to be starting to buy subscription services for games. Interesting. It's going to be crazy. I'm I'm curious to know how much we'll actually save from all that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, you won't save anything. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's going to all just, you play it one flat rate at the beginning of the year, $10,000. Yep. Yep. All right. So that ends our discussion for this week. If you have questions or want to contribute to next week's segment, visit us at theinnergamer.net, theinnergamer.net, and drop us a line. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our video game releases. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week. Let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. We have two games coming out. We also have a new month, which is pretty crazy. I don't have the uh, the free games just yet, but what I do have is the two games that are going to be out in the beginning of March. On March 1st, on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, we have Dead or Alive 6, fast-paced 3D fighting game produced by... Koei Tecmo games featuring stunning graphics and multi-tiered stages that create a truly entertaining competitive experience. Hey, Brecky, say that again. <laughs> nope. Uh, March 5th on PS4 and PC, we have a game called Left Alive. This is a brand new survival action shooter telling a human story of survival from the perspective of three different protagonists during the devastating invasion set in war-torn Nova Slava in 2127. So... Those are the games we got coming out beginning uh, of the year. Um, very nice. Or beginning of March. <laughs> I was like, I'm interested year. with uh, Dead or Alive 6 because that was a fun game back in the day, but I don't know if I'll pick it up. But we'll see. Actually, I just I shouldn't because I'm, I don't have time to play games. I'm about to say. Um, I'm going to be playing Anthem instead. So that's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. Visit theinnergamer.net for our latest episodes, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. And when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a star rating plus an actual text review so we know what you think about what we're doing. And also, don't forget, tomorrow at Brain Dead Brewing, we will be at Brain Dead Brewing playing a Brain Dead Brewing game now we'll be playing super smash brothers they made a game it'll be a tournament and it's going to be fantastic come on out five dollar buy-in up to 64 players if you don't get in the tournament that's okay there will still be games to play there and it's gonna be awesome heck yeah streamed online if you're gonna miss it go to twitch.tv slash the inner gamer cast and we'll be going live from seven till what do you think midnight yeah probably midnight 11 30 midnight let's make it 11 okay okay cool Somewhere around there. Yeah. Awesome. Gonna run through this so fast. It's gonna be like every, it's gonna be done at like 10. What? It's gonna be great. What? No, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, okay. Supporting the show. What can we do, Austin? If you want to support our show, you can donate to our, on our website at theinnergamer.net. All donations go toward making this podcast, videos, and events even better. You can also join us in on the conversation on our Discord channel. Check out the show notes for our link to chat with us live on the internet. You can also go to theinnergamer.net slash 208 for those show note links, too, because some people I found out, if you're using Spotify, do not get to see the full show notes. Ah. that normally are supposed to be there. So if you ever want to see show notes, just go to theinnergamer.net slash the number of the podcast and you can see what those notes are, which is awesome. 
Very nice. So, my name is Brian Oski. I'm Austin Morales, and you've been listening to Intergamer Podcast. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Testing one two three testing yeah I got I got I got levels now yeah it looks fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. looks fine yeah Austin's weird I've had a lot of coffee this morning yeah I wanted to drink and I was like no you know what I won't drink I'll just drink some more coffee and I'll I'll, I'll hit the right spot you want to drink this morning no I want to this like before I came over oh like I was like I really want to drink right now it's but still I, was, well, I guess it's not morning anymore yeah it was two <laughs> thirty and I was like I'm gonna make some coffee and that will you know hit the spot. And then I drink the coffee and I'm like, I had too much fucking coffee now. <laughs> oh my God. So now I'm like in this limbo, like highly caffeinated wanting to drink beer. And they're going to have like a crash later on where you're just Probably like, <sighs> not going to sleep very well. Well, part of the reason is my cat wakes me the fuck up in the middle in the morning. Just like, <laughs> let me in. Close your door. Let me in. Oh, never mind. I was like, you can't yeah, the door, door is closed. Yeah, my sleep score is shit last night. I went to bed at 3.20 in the morning and woke up at 11.15 a.m.